right, I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome you guys to a very special weekend for all of the dads. Can we just say happy Father's Day? Come on. Happy Father's Day to all the guys. Love you guys, all of our campuses, locations. Well, I want to just say we are in a, for a special treat this weekend. I will mention as well, I will be uh, next weekend teaching on angels. What are the role of angels in our spiritual warfare series? How many of y'all been enjoying the spiritual warfare series? Y'all been enjoying that? So you don't want to miss that. Are angels real? Are they just on Hallmark cards or are they warring on your behalf? We're going to find out about that next week. But I am so pumped up today. Uh, we have Coach, Pastor, Dr. Tom Mullins. Uh, again, all the campus pastors read the bios. Last night I tried and I just didn't do a good job, Coach. So I, I want to say just a couple things. Uh, I, I met Coach Tom about 10 years ago, and uh, he stepped into my life, into our, the life of our church. And uh, he's become an amazing, not only pastor to me, but a spiritual father. Look up to him so much. We've traveled the world together teaching and preaching. We're in Africa last summer. And, uh, and, and he's preached to our church, by the way, many times on the weekend to our men, uh, men's nights, as well as our staff. And uh, so we are just so honored to have you here. This is one, listen, one of the best messages I've ever heard last night at our Saturday night service. And so right, we're so, so grateful. Hey, can we, just, can we just all stand up, all locations? Nah, Let's on. warmly welcome. Come on, Coach Pastor. Come on. Thank you, thank you. Come, come here, on. come here, son. Come here. Hey, listen, I'm proud of your pastor. I don't know if you know this, but for the past three years, he's been a student of mine. I, I've been his sponsoring professor, and he has been going through his doctoral studies to in, in, a, in a doctor of ministries degree with Southeastern University. and um, In Lakeland, Florida. There's Lake, one down the street, so this one, is a different one. Okay, but this is the one They don't one study in Lakeland, ministry Florida. down in Hammond. Well, it's a good school, but... Th this school they do. They do. <laughs> but I want you to know that your pastor earned his doctorate degree and just graduated this past spring, and I'm thankful and I'm proud of you. Give it up for Dr. Steve Robinson. Come on. I love you. I love the fact your pastor is still growing himself as a leader because that's a mark of a leader. You're always growing yourself. You're always positioning yourself. You're always working to see what can I do to get stronger and better so I can add more value to those that I'm called to lead and love and serve. And that is the heart of your pastor. Church of the King, I love you. I love being here with you. There, there's no place like this place. I love it so much being with you. I know we got our, our congregation joining us from everywhere, from Atlanta and Mississippi and all over here in Louisiana, but I just love Church of the King. And Father's Day is a special day for me. Well, a few months ago, my wife came to me and she said, your daughter needs you. She needs her father. When she says that, I know I better drop whatever I'm doing because my wife, who I've been married to for 57 years, she said to me, she, when she says, your daughter needs her father, I know exactly what's on. Okay, so okay, there I go. So I go to, I go to my daughter. She's getting ready to go into the hospital to have major surgery. And she was fearful and, and, and had a little anxiety attack. She was having a little bit of an anxiety attack over it. And 
In Florida, a few months ago, you could not go in with anyone into the hospitals. You couldn't go in, you couldn't be with them, you, you couldn't do anything. So literally, we had to drop her off at the front door. She had to walk in for this whole surgical procedure with no one there to be with her. And of course, she was anxious about it. So I, I, I went to her and I said, I said, baby, I want to remind you of something. I'm going to remind you of three things. And, 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 and I want you to write these three things down, okay? And so I, I talked to her, and I, I gave her this little pep talk, as, as fathers do, and, and I reminded her of three very important things about her life. So she goes to the hospital. We drop her off. I, I run up, We pray with her. She goes in. Of course, my wife, she's all shook up there in the car. She wants to stay in the parking lot. I said, baby, the surgery's going to be, you know, she won't be out of the surgery sometime late afternoon. I'm not going to sit in this parking lot. Well, I want to be close to my baby. I said, baby, I'm close to her in spirit. I'm, I'm heading back home. If you want to drive back up here and sit in this parking lot all day, you can do that. I'm not doing that, okay? Bless you. You know, I I love our baby, but I can pray for her down here as much as up there. So she sends us a picture. She's in there, and, and she texts us, and my wife says, oh, look, she, she's texted us, and, and she sent us a picture. She says, you know, uh, Daddy, I'm doing pretty good. I wrote down the three things you told me, and I wrote them on my hand, and I've been showing them to everybody here in the hospital. And she said, one nurse came up to me, and and she looked at him and she said, what is that? And I explained it to her. She says, well, I don't believe in tattoos, but I may get that tattooed on my body. <laughs> and, and so I'm saying, well, baby, this is so good. Now you're using this. You've turned what you were fearful about. Now you've come to this realization of who you are in Christ. You've written these things down, and now you're using it to witness to others about who you are and, and, and who God is in your life. So I want to show you what she wrote in her hand. You want to see what she wrote in her hand? The three things I gave her? By the way, this is my Father's Day message, these three things. And I'm calling the message a Father's Calling. A Father's Calling. Because these are three elements that we need to instill in our children, reinforce in our children, and remind our children all the time about these three things. Okay, I hope I got your appetite up for what the three things are. I'd really like for you to write down what you think the three things are. Three words. There are three words. Guess real quick. Just in your own mind right there. Just guess real quick. You know, some of you are real tight, uh, uh, fast typers with your thumbs. What do you think the three words are? Uh, the three words that summarize the three things that I gave her. All right, I'm going to give you two seconds. Thousand one, thousand two. Here we go. Show, show the picture. Can you read it? It says called. Loved, kept. Called, loved, kept. When I walked into my daughter's room, I picked up the word of God and I opened up to the book of Jude and I read to her in Jude 1.1. It says, to those who have been called and who are loved by God, the Father, and kept by Jesus Christ. I said, sweetheart, you are called of God. You are loved by God, and you are kept by Jesus Christ. You have absolutely nothing to be fearful about. So men, let's jump into this. Our first calling is to help our children discover and know their calling. 
So our calling is to help our children understand their calling. They are called of God. I told my daughter, I said, remember, honey, you were created by God and for God. And we're challenged to live a life worthy of the calling that God has upon us. Every one of us were designed by God uniquely and called for his divine purposes. And therefore, sweetheart, he who began a good work in you is going to carry it through to completion and nothing can hinder the will and purposes of God that he's ordained in your life. When your life's submitted to the will of God, when you're submitted to the ways of God, nothing can stop us. You have nothing to fear about. This surgery this is just a little blip on the screen. You've got to go through it. But you know what? God's going to give you opportunities to fulfill your calling even through this challenging time. And he did. There she is showing everybody in the hospital that she's called of God. She's loved by God, and she's kept by Jesus Christ. Therefore, she has nothing to fear because God is with her. It's so important for us because I'll tell you what, we're just struggling in our culture today, in our world today. There is a battle over this thing called identity. I'm not going to think about it. Everywhere you go, we're struggling with identity. We even talk about how do we identify the bathrooms for the identity and and. The use of pronouns, I mean, what? I mean, what in the world is going on? Well, I tell you what's going on. It's a major battle that the enemy of our soul is using to rob our children of their true identity that's found only in Christ. Hey, your pastor's been teaching on this spiritual warfare, and I'm going to tell you what, we're in spiritual warfare over the very souls of our children. And we've got to fight for them. And one of the ways we fight for them is we help them understand who they are in Christ. I love this passage of scripture found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. It says this in the message. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. In other words, once you discover I was created by God for God and I've been called of God to be a light in the world that I live in today and I've been called of God to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ in my life, it changes everything. I, I now walk and live with purpose. I have direction. I understand now that there are principles that I live by from the word of God. The purpose gives me a guidance into the truth and understanding. I don't get my theology from TikTok. I get my theology from the Word of God. I don't get my identity by what the world says. I get my identity from who I am in Him. Amen? And as fathers, we've got to instill that and reinforce that and remind our children of that all the time. My daughter's an adult woman. And I had to remind her, honey, you're called. You're called of God. You're called of God. God has a divine purpose for your life. Nothing's going to distract from that. This is just a moment you've got to go through. So think about it as an ambassador of Christ going through a challenging time. Now you can shine. So don't go in there with fear and trembling like many people would approach what you're approaching. Go in there with the confidence that you are in Christ and he is in you. Come on. Get your head up. Get your shoulders back. Get ready. Amen. And she did. 
I'm so proud of her. She came out there a witnessing machine. She's witnessing to them. She's witnessing to them in the operating room. She's showing everybody her hands. She won't let them erase it off of her. And she, when she recovered, she looked to make sure they hadn't erased it off her hand. And she said, oh, good. Everybody that came in her room, she went, I'm called. <laughs> I'm loved. I'm kept by Jesus Christ. She had the most popular room on her floor. Everybody want to go check out Noel because my daughter is, by the way, quite a personality in her own. Well, but I mean, she really got cut loose now. She got like empowered. I'm on mission here. I'm on mission to love these people and let them know that who I am, I'm called of God. Now, here, here's what I know. Say with me. I, I, I wrote this down because I, I, this is so important. When we live with purpose, then we live by the principles of God not by the pressures of the world. Because the world's trying to pressure us to conform like they think. You know that? Talk like they talk, act like they act, dress like they dress. Everything's, everything's about that pressure. Well, you know what? When you live by principle, you don't yield to pressure. Praise God for a grandfather, a godly grandfather, who spoke over my life, and he told me when I was a young man, he said, Tommy, God has a calling on your life. Live your life always to honor him. Always do the most honorable thing. Never allow yourself to be caught into dark places. Stay out of the dark places. Stay in the light, and you be the light. Live with honor. I'm a 16-year-old boy hanging out at this drive-in drive restaurant cruise place, kind of like an A&W kind of a thing, you know? And I'm hanging out, and these guys pull up in this 56 Chevy, and I know them. And the guy I play football with was right down the road from me. He's in the back seat, and he said, come on, Mullins, let's go with us, man. Let's go to this cruise. So I said, yeah, man, 56 Chevy, let me go cruise. I get one foot in the back seat, and, and I look, and I saw all three of them had a bottle of beer. And I realized, nah. This is not where I should be. These guys are drinking, driving. That's not where I should be. And then they started pressuring me to get in the car. And I'm sitting there for that moment hesitating, trying to make a decision. Do I get in the car? Do I not get in the car? What do I do? And at that moment, I backed out of the car. They started really pressuring me to get back in the car. But I knew by principle I should not be in that car. I'm not going to honor God being in that car drinking. With those guys. Later that night, I'm driving home up out of Hamilton, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, Ohio, where I grew up. Route 4, coming up around this corner towards Middletown, Ohio, and I see this burst of flames. I didn't know what it was, and I got up there, and a car had run off the road, hit an embankment, exploded into flames, and it was the 56 Chevy. They had left me, got in a drag race, traveling well over 100 miles an hour, lost control of the car, hit the embankment, threw all three of them out of the car. They could not find my friend. By the time I got there, other cars had arrived. Now the police had arrived. Now the ambulances had arrived. We could not find my friend sitting in the back seat. He was a running back right down the street from me. His name was Benny. And I started walking down a drainage ditch, Pastor probably about 15, 20 yards from the car, and my foot stumbled into Benny's body. 
And there we found him, and he was lifted out of there, put into a body bag, pronounced dead on arrival, and they took him off in an ambulance. And I'm standing there with his blood on my hands, realizing that most likely would have been me. Principle kept me out of that car. See, the principles of God were given to us never to restrict us, but to protect us and to guide us and to bless us in our life. The commands of God are not burdensome. They bring life to us. I've thought about that so many times. Everything has happened since that point of time was so critical in that one moment of decision. Fathers, we've got to instill those principles into our, our children. We've got to instill into them a sense of purpose. We, we've got to reinforce a sense of calling. And listen, it doesn't matter what career path our kids take. It doesn't matter what career path they take. What matters is, is they take their calling with them wherever they go. They must realize there is a higher calling. I mean, I was a football coach for 15 years, but I knew I had a higher calling than just winning football games. Is what I did to sow into these young men that I coached and help them discover their calling that is found in Christ and Christ alone. Here's what I know. When we teach our children their calling and their purpose and they live by principle, here's what we do. We position them to walk in the favor of God. Because when you live your life according to the principles of God, it positions you to live in the favor of God. Uh, Pastor Steve introduced me to one of the men of the church by the name of Charlie Bollinger. I love the Bollingers. I've fallen in love with them. First time I met Charlie, I met him out on his, his farm out of Hammond. And um, I walked up and I said, Mr. Bollinger, it's an honor to meet you. And here, here's, here's exactly how Charlie greeted me. He said, brother. He said, brother. He said, I'm living in the fog, brother. What? And he said, yeah, brother, I, he said, my family's in the fog. He said, my business in the fog. He said, everything I got's in the fog. Well, about that time, there's this little mist kind of coming up out of the bottom, a little foggy mist. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm in Louisiana. Maybe there's a little fog coming up here. I don't know. And, and so I, I turned around and I said, I said, uh, I said brother, uh, explain to me the fog. He said, oh, he said, brother. He said, the fog is the favor of God. I said, well, if you got the favor of God over you, come here, brother. You're my new best friend. I grabbed him. I hugged him. I'm, and Charlie's got a bald head like me. I'm rubbing his bald head. I want some of that fog, brother. Get all that fog I can on me. Listen, there's nothing greater we can give our children than the favor of God, men. And when we're walking in it, guess what? We lead the path for our children to walk in the favor of God. When our children live according to the purpose and the principles of God, it positions them to receive the favor of God. Just let me give you this verse real quick out of Proverbs. I love this verse. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your hearts. Then you will, look here, you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. 
bruh. I'm living in the fall, bruh. Glory. Fathers, not only do we have to help our children understand their calling, we have to help our children embrace God's love. First thing I told my daughter, I said, honey, you're loved. God loves you. Because he loves you, he's going to care for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Mom and dad will not, cannot be with you in the hospital, but God will be with you. The Spirit of God will be with you. His Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll be there. He'll comfort you. He'll encourage you. Why? Because he loves you so much, Noel. Do you realize how much God loves you, honey? As much as we love you, it's just such a small bit of how much God loves you. She started crying when I was telling her that. And I've been hugging her. I'm saying, God loves you so much. God loves you so much. We need to help our children understand that, how much God loves them. We were created by him to be in this love relationship. And that's why every one of us, we have a hole in our heart if we do not have the Father's love in our lives. Think how much true it is in the earthly sense, in the natural sense. Those that go through life not knowing their father's love, there's a void, there's a void. Listen, we, we, we care for over 350 children every day in our Place of Hope Children's Home. We've cared now for close to 15,000 children in recent years. And every child that comes to us comes with a large hole in their heart, longing for a father's love. We have house parents that are there trying to love them and, and show them that love and support, and we're, we're introducing them to the love of God, but they still walk through life with a hole in their heart because they've all missing that element. Because, see, God created us that way. He created us to have this love. So here's what I know, fathers. When we step up and love our children with the love of God, we fill a void in their life, and we also open their lives up to be ready to embrace their heavenly Father's love. This love is critical for this love relationship in our families. And fathers, we've got to set that pace. We've got to set that tone. Paul, Paul said, I, I, I pray with all the saints that you would be able to grasp, grasp how deep and wide and long is the love of God. I mean, I mean we've got to help express that. My, my dad, bless his heart, good man, Never, I never heard my father ever say to me, I love you, son. Never heard it. He, he came up in a hardworking family. They didn't know how to express love or affection. I know he loved me. He provided for us. He was a hardworking man. He was a truck driver. I, I used to, couldn't wait, man, in my football games. I'd, I'd wait to hear his diesel. He, he drove a big 18-wheeler, had a big old Cummins diesel, and He'd drop that trailer somewhere, and I'd see that truck, and I'd hear it downshifting. Boom, 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 boom. I'd listen for it, and I'm waiting to hear that thing pull in the parking lot. I said, okay, good. Dad's going to be here for the game. I never remember one time after a game him saying something positive to me, but he was at the game. Hey, yeah. Yeah, one time. 
One time I, we were playing the school, I ran for five touchdowns, 276 yards, and three quarters of play, and I thought I had a pretty decent game. I came off the field like a little puppy dog, just one dad to kind of pet me and say, good game, son. He didn't even say that. He said, he started pointing out the, the tackles I missed, uh, the plays I could have broke, and man, if you'd made a break this way, you would have, you know, hey, hey, you, you dropped that one pass, and I mean, dad, I scored five touchdowns and ran 276 yards. I mean, I know we were playing Rosarian School for the Blind, but I had a good game. <laughs> Come on, I had a good game. We all long for that affirmation. Isn't it amazing that even in the Holy Scriptures, that when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, remember that? When the heavens opened, a dove descended, and the voice of heaven Spoke, the father said this, this is my son whom I love and I am well, with whom I am well pleased. Now, if Jesus needed affirmation from the heavenly father, how much more do our children need it? So dads, I'm gonna tell you to start manning up. And don't give me some wimpy excuse. Well, my daddy never told me and that's just not how we do it in our family. Well, break that cycle and you start it. It's not too late to start it. And if it's awkward, write it. Most of you older guys don't know how to text anyway, so you couldn't text it, so. <laughs> Say it. My wife grew up in the same kind of family. They, they never said I love you. I, I, I started dating my wife at 16. We got married at 20. I finally convinced her after years to tell her parents she loved them. And so she would say every night before we leave to go out for a date, uh, uh, I started saying it. I said, hey, mom and dad, we love you. Uh, yeah, and they'd turn on, jeez. Hey, oh, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. She kept, she kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And one day the strangest thing happened. Her mother, who was very, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, her mother, which was very uh, formal, that was the pl most polite word I could come up with, Pastor. Very formal. She said, I, 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 I love you too. I went, uh-oh, we got a breakthrough, we got a breakthrough, we got a breakthrough. I said, go in for a hug. Go in, no, no, I can't do that. I can't do it. I said, baby, go, go for the hug. Go for the hug. No, that's too much, too much, too much. <laughs> Praise God for a grandfather. He was Dutch, but he had Italian in him apparently somewhere because when we go into my grandfather's house, I love you, how are you doing? Come in, you got a kiss, you got a hug, you got a kiss, you got a hug. When you leave, you kiss, you hug, you kiss, you hug. I love you, I love you, I love you. I walk out to the car, I love you. You know, I love you, I love you, I love you. Hey, I love you. <laughs> well, guess where I gravitated to? To my grandfather and my grandmother where I'm getting all this love and affirmation. I wanted to spend all the time I could with him and I was determined I'm gonna raise my children this way. Every day I tell my children how much I love them. If I'm in a text, I tell them I love them. If I'm on a phone call, I love you. Everything I in, I love you. When I call your pastor, I tell him, Stephen, you know how much I love you. You know how proud I am of you. You know how thankful I am for you. You're a great son. I, 
I've been telling the men in my church so much I love them. They're actually saying it back to me now. I had this one big old guy, he came up. I swear he's built like a double wide refrigerator. And he came up and he was wanting to pray with me about a thing after church when he got done. And, and, and I never really had any time with him before. And he wanted me, I prayed with him about the time. I said, I said, turn, I said, son, I love you. And he looked at me strange and kind of tightened up and pulled back. And so I went in for a hug and I grabbed him and pulled him forward. And he kind of resisted me. He, he was resisting. So that made me get more intense. Oh, yeah. I made a mistake. <laughs> Phil, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. You don't want to get that weight balance off balance in where I now became the primary support system for him. And he laid his weight on me, and my legs are going. <laughs> his wife's standing there weeping as she whispers to me, you're the first man that's ever told my husband you love him. Power of affirmation is so critical, men, to our children with a godly love, a godly hug, a godly affirmation is critical. It is our assignment. And here's what I know. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is critical. Listen to me. When our children receive that type of love from home, they will not be attracted to that false, deceptive love that the world offers them. All right, let me wrap this up. The third calling for us to keep our children, help our children to know they are kept by Christ. Noel, nothing, you have nothing to fear because God is with you. He is your rear guard. He is your fortress. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. If God be for us, who can mess with us? I tell her, I always love that scripture in, in Romans. And in, in 2 Timothy, where Paul says, Timothy, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and that of a sound mind. We have nothing to fear with the power of God. Hey, wherever I go, wherever I go, guess who's right here? Guess who's right there? I got goodness here. I got mercy there. And by the way, they're both power lifters. Man, the angels of the Lord surround about us. We have warring angels around us. The Lord is my refuge. He is my strong tower. I am a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit indwells us, no other spirit has power, dominion over us. They can shout at us. They can scream at us. They can try to intimidate us, but that's all they can do. And when we stand firm in Christ, we are kept by Christ. And I'm secure in his keeping power. So I'm kept. That gives me a confidence. See, to me, confidence is the winning edge in life when you have confidence. No matter what struggle you face or what challenge you face, when you walk and live with confidence and you can be like the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So, this past Christmas, one of my football players in our church, he plays Division I football in the Big Ten. He's a linebacker. He's built like Atlas. I mean, he's such an athletic built kid. 
he, he said, uh, he said uh, Coach, can, can I have a little meeting with you after service? I said, sure. So I brought him into my office. We sit down, we talk, and he started sharing with me all of his anxiety he's struggling with, battling depression, all the things that's going on. And I was shocked, to be honest with you. Here he is. He's got everything in the world going for him. He's on full scholarship. He's a starting linebacker in a Big Ten team. In the prime of his life, why would he, why would he be struggling with, with anxiety? But he was. He battled it. So I gave him this same little message. I gave him this exact message. I said, son, you're called of God. You're loved of God, and God will keep you because nothing can stop you from your calling, and his love will never abandon you. So you can be secure in that. So, so I want you to go home. I want you to post it in your dorm room, and I want you to remind yourself every day who you are. So he sent me this picture. Look at this picture. There he is with his roommate, and, and he wrote down. He said, I'm called. I'm loved. I'm kept. Now, I don't know if you can read that bottom part, but it says, do not erase. <laughs> do not erase. Do not, say it with me, do not erase. We need to post this in our homes. Our kids need to post this. They need to post it everywhere. We need to remind ourselves, I'm called, I'm loved, I'm kept. It will turn everything around. Fathers, grandfathers, you're called to help your children understand their calling. You're called to allow the love of God to flow through you so richly that your children will hunger for the love of their heavenly father. And fathers, you are called to help your children understand the security they have in Christ. They are kept in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. But fathers, the greatest way you communicate this is that you live out your calling. You walk in his love and you walk in the security and confidence of being kept in Christ. Model what you want your children to embrace. Walk before them. And say, as the Apostle Paul said to all of us, follow me as I follow Christ. Would you say it with me? I am called. I am loved. I am kept. Turn to somebody and tell them that right now. I am called. I am loved. I am kept. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, why, why we're all standing? I, I want to pray. I want to pray for the fathers of the house. And some of you might not have biological children, but you have spiritual children, spiritual sons, spiritual daughters that you need to love on. You grandpas, you're so critical. Come on. And remember what I said, fathers. It's never too late to be the father God's called you to be. So, Lord, I pray right in this moment 
for all these precious men that are here and the women of God that are here and the young men and women that are here. I pray, God, that we would all embrace our calling that you have upon our lives to serve you, to honor you, and to help others discover your love and salvation. And that we all would walk in your love, a love that is beyond the love of this world. And by this, all men will know that we're disciples in the way we love one another, the way we love you, and the way we love our families. And Father, that we are secure and confident because we know we are kept by Christ. I pray your blessing over these men and women, and especially the fathers of the house, that they will walk in their calling and call their children up to their calling. They will walk in your love and share that love and pour that love out upon their children, and they will walk in the security of your Holy Spirit, knowing they are kept, and may that confidence flow to their children, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing message. And if you're making the decision to follow Jesus, we just want to say congratulations. This is the best decision you could ever make, and we are celebrating with you. Yes, you know, the Bible says that right now you are brand new. The old is gone, the new has come. You've been raised to new life in Christ. This is an amazing moment. So circle this date on your calendar. You're not going to want to forget it. And we, as your church family, are so excited excited to get to walk alongside you in this new life with Christ. And hey, if you've made that decision, we want to know about it. And the easiest way that we can know is if you click the link in the chat room right now and fill out a short form, we would love to connect with you and provide you any resource that you may need as you begin this new journey with Jesus. And hey, before we wrap up our time together, we also want to let you know that we would be honored to get to talk to you, to get to walk with you. If you're going through any sort of hard time, any struggle, anything that you would like prayer for. In fact, we have hosts in the chat room right now who would be so honored to get to pray with you today. So let them know if we can partner with you in prayer in any way. But with that being said, we are gonna go ahead and end our time together. We can't wait to see you next week. Same time, same place. We love you guys. Have a great week.